much lately? No, because um, I had COVID and then I went to the hospital and they had me quarantine another two weeks after I got out. So I, I still have a few more days of quarantine. But uh, I guess to go to the, to get the blood test is uh, mm. the one time you're okay to be out and about. Hi. Hi. We're glad you are tough. Tough? Tough, you know, like that you made it through, that you were, that you were bigger than the COVID. I made it through, it's true. <laughs> it'll good to be it'll be good to be out and about in the big way you're assuming that will happen that it will be possible to do that to be out and about in a big way Oh, it is Monday evening, and we have an altar in our in our study group today. Beautiful. It's the 3-3 altar. Oh, yeah. If anybody can explain the 3-3-3 altar to us, I would like an explanation. It's not necessary. It's just a, an invitation. I believe Shannon is getting on and... Well, okay. Greetings, everybody. Greetings, Yucatan. Hello, Andra. Hello, Pontus. Pontus, you have you're wearing an amazing gold sparkly hat. Can you can you defend yourself? in a nonlinear way. There needs, to, there needs to be more golden teachings in this world. Therefore, I put on the hat of the golden teachings. <laughs> this is not a defense. This is a declaration. I, I appreciate that. Actually, Aunt Chloe and I have been developing a new skill, it's called the art of offensive defensiveness. Offensive so, defensiveness. Yeah, you actually begin a conversation before anybody can attack you with any questions or anything. You just begin by giving very unreasonable uh, ex explanations and invitations. So it's that it, you just start by uh, being boldly offensively defensive. And I, I'd say your hat is a good example of that. Thank you. Thank you too. I appreciate the golden teachings possibility. We, we hope to hear from you tonight. Hello, Nayade. Hello, Clinton. How are you today? I was feeling anger and now 
I am feeling more grounded and centered being here in your group and seeing these familiar faces. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I wish this was my group, but there are forces at work here much bigger than myself. And so I'm a, I get to participate in, a, in this way, just like everybody else. But um, it's complimentary that you call it my group. It's a little bit beyond my box's limits to, to hold that, but I still, I'm trying. Hey, Felix. Felix, what did you say? You have to turn your microphone on. I, I said hello. Can you can you give us a, a report from Felix Land? Um wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. There's a there's a one of the customs in this particular study group is that we avoid the American mantra um because it so you have to agree to that or else I you have agree. to Okay, all right, okay, go ahead, I'm, we're listening. I, I feel glad that it is the Monday, the um, tw 21th of December. Um, it's, it's a birthday, thank you. Yeah, thank you too. So, and Chloe, were you going to say something? I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad today. It's rare that I have days when I'm almost only glad. And today it's been only celebrations and collaboration. Nicole just jumped in on our um, team of the Start Over team. She'll be behind the scene building experiments and websites. So get ready for things to get wild. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Kay, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm on two screens because <laughs> I have to do. I'm going to go off camera for a minute in a, in a few minutes, but I'm doing great. I'm doing let great. Me ask my, let me ask a better question. All right, what's transforming in your space? the last couple hours? I just did 333 anger group with uh, Nicole. And so I'm transforming my ability to feel anger, which is huge. <laughs> I've resisted it for years. <laughs> Great. Great. Thank you. Hey, Habet, I saw your face. Are you going to talk to us? Hi. Hi. What's happening? What's what's the what space are you in? Oh. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to explain. <laughs> I I a lot of I listeners just... here. Right a lot of listeners. So you and it's impossible to make a mistake. So give it a try, will you? Yeah, I'm, I'm at my mother's place and um, I'm with my daughter and her husband. 
and I came here because I wanted to change my name so that the baby wouldn't have that name that I have right now. And yeah, and there's there's so much, I don't know, there's so much stress on me and <laughs> I don't feel welcome here and I'm, I don't want to be here also myself and yeah, and I, I, I feel stressed. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel home the way I, I would like to feel home. <laughs> thank you for sharing uh, it, that. Yeah, thank you for listening. Were, were you going to say something else? Yeah, it's just that I, I, I've always been feeling this way, but I'm just more sensitive to it now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I think you get a lot of wishes from us for for that it comes out okay. You have to keep your eyes open though to receive the wishes. A lot of yeah. wishes coming in your direction. <clears throat> All you have to do is let them in. Yeah, like that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm using my multi-dimensional scanner and I just need to hear from Jennifer. Jennifer, what's what space are you in? I am in an unplugged two day, two days without my cell phone. And it's been like a dream. Just so, oh, yeah. And I'm, re I'm taking advantage of this relaxing time to connect with a book that Anne Chloe had recommended. I don't know if you can see it. And it's so cool learning about, I'm, I'm reading about how, how modern culture has squashed my creativity and my imagination and frozen a little piece of myself. So I'm exploring and I feel angry about that. And I also am glad because I'm unraveling and more liquid and yeah, so that's where I am. Yeah, I love that book too. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Jennifer, it's, I'm, I feel joy that you showed that book because me and Sofia Magdalena are doing improvisational theater workshop tomorrow. It's called Use Your Anger to Improvise. And it's going to be online and offline. And yes. I brought this book for preparation here. Okay. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to join. Thank you.
Doris, are you still there? Doris, yeah, I haven't seen you for a while. How's, how are things? Yes, you haven't seen me for a while. I needed time and space to keep out all my feelings and making something like a deep energetic cleaning of everybody, everything. Also, because I was not so aware in the calls before how much feelings I, I was not aware about. <laughs> but I... I don't feel free. I, I have uh, fear to express myself, to keep my center, how much I've given you my center. Um, right now, there's coming up a bit, but, and I was in such a learning field when I was with Ralph and Marina. Uh, I was two and a half months there and it was so strong that I couldn't let in anything else to, to get that what was there. So, and now I'm back in a place where I was before and uh, I, uh, today I had the impulse to come in because I appreciate the team and you and all what you gave me all these years and to see how it feels now so different. Great, nice to, nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Tatiana, where are you from? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the Black Forest in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm calling from from my website finishing space and um, and also, I gave away my center today already to Sofia Magdalena, and and I got it back. And I was quite angry some minutes ago. <laughs> yes, and I'm here. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Nice to see you here. <laughs> Somebody else want to say something, kind of a check-in or just something? I want to say something. Shannon. I did, I read Impro many years ago and I actually participated in this workshop where the teacher brought these masks and what was really interesting, and he talks about it in the book, is that the mask takes on a personality of its own. And it was really interesting to observe as we all wore these different masks and, and did our improv, and sometimes with words and sometimes without, that we would take on the personality of the mask. Mm. And, uh, and it feels very symbolic about what we do you know, when, with the good girl mask or whatever, whatever that thing is that we take on. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I just thought it was interesting to see Jen with, ju you know, juxtaposed with this beautiful um, beach background and then, and then impro. <laughs> and I also want to, um, I want to bring your attention to a participant today called the 333 altar. And I wanted, I 
I created it to acknowledge the, those of us who just completed 333 with anger and fear. And beginning in January, we're gonna start anger, fear, sadness. And so there's a candle for each person who showed up regularly and completed the 333. And then the one in the middle is for the space and the people that came and went in that space. Thank you, Shannon. I don't know if you heard it, but it was one of the first things I saw was the altar. And I was appreciating the presence of the altar in the space for, for the call. So thank you very much for doing that. It'd be great to hear from a couple more people. Kalista, yes. Um, I have had an amazing week and I wrote today a little something and about it to sum it up. And I don't know if it would be appropriate to read it. It's three minutes long. Is that too long? Can you, can you pull off like the first paragraph or the last paragraph or the first and last paragraph? Okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. The mantra, we made disagreement not to use the American oh, wow. one. Did I use, um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks. Last week during book study group, while listening to Clinton talk and read about responsibility, I was watching the magnificent Pacific Ocean during the king tide. When Clinton called on me to talk, I went into a litany about the earth's beauty Guy is providing for us and that it is an honor to be alive on this planet. While I was talking, a major shift happened inside of me. I realized that I want to live, to be fully alive by taking responsibility for myself. I realized and wrote in my irresponsible journal that it is, that it is irresponsible for me to shut down, to withdraw, to not take care of my five bodies. It is irresponsible for me not to be able to see a reason why to want to live and not have the desire or the will to be alive. Um, let's see. I had been in a gremlin ego state trying to merely survive for the purpose of keeping my marriage together because it is what's familiar and safe. I had been carefully not rocking the boat, meaning not to upset my husband and was trying to be the perfect good girl. The price was costing me my life. I had been choosing to quietly exist in my bedroom because the emotional pain was too intense outside of my sanctuary. Walking on eggshells is familiar for me since childhood. And I won't do that paragraph. All my life, I have chosen a life of focusing on, other, on trying to be loved and safe by being adaptive to what I think others want of me. I have been keeping the numbness bar high so I won't feel emotional pain and I won't upset my husband by expressing my feelings. 
I have been giving my power away by my focusing on what I think I need to do for others in order to be in a relationship. By living this way, I have justified my not taking responsibility for myself. This week, thanks to 333 Anger and Fear Club, I have focused on identifying my feelings, taking responsibility, living my life, writing and in my irresponsible journal and noticing echo. I also had the gift of having the opportunity to experience for my husband how to be killed and not die. After about an hour, I told him, thank you for sharing your thoughts and feelings about me. I felt anger, sadness, and fear. I also felt joy because it had been two years since he talked with me about all that is wrong and horrible about me and he expressed himself to me rather than to others. Thank you. This journey begins. You make me feel really proud, Kalista, proud for you. Like, um, It's a surprising strength in us. And you, you give other people the chance to do this too. Mm. Mm. Thank you for writing that and thank you for reading it to us. You're welcome. Thank you for listening and hearing, and thank you, Village. <laughs> wow. Calista, could I ask you to to type it in, to type it, and would, would it be okay if it was shared on a website? Oh, it's already on the computer. Because it's so, I don't know, I'm so touched that, <laughs> you wrote it I mean you wrote my own experience your words were like reflecting my own experience and that this you took radical responsibility without being a victim and it, it, that's that's radical responsibility what you wrote so it, would it be okay to be to be online yes definitely and thank you for doing the Rage Club. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, while we're just in that note, if there's anybody here who has not yet been in a Rage Club, really you should do it for yourself. Give it to yourself for a Christmas present. Give it to yourself for a New Year's present. Really just give it to yourself. There's so much inner resources that get turned on that we didn't know that we have. And they're just magnificent. And, and it's all yours. It's really all yours for the taking. But 
the the rage club is like a, a doorway it's like it's kind of like your life is one way on one side of the doorway and on the other side of the doorway is a whole new life and we have just too much information from people about the validity of what i just said so yeah i really encourage you to get into somebody's rage club for four weeks and the fear club after that and if you if you get this then really the the rage club space holder training so that you can deliver rage clubs for other people so yeah amber and then joseph yes talking about rage club and i i want to share that i had a meeting yesterday um about the video with it in the rage club and today i wake up in the morning and i felt my box for the first time and it was so big and it was so heavy and it was so black and my whole system started to shake like I was literally shaking for about two hours and I did a healing process with Susanne and it, I just want to share that it's I mean I've my box has been carrying so much responsibility which is not mine mm. and it's so crazy to do that. And um, I want to share with you my new decision. And my new decision is that I am a creator and I don't know how to do it. And I even don't know what it means. And Yes, it's, I, I feel my box is still quite shaky and I want to share it with you anyway. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm. Cool. Joseph. And I just want to add something um, because you, you 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 sent me a mail this morning, Clinton. And I was just coming out. What is, was it today? Yeah, it's still Monday today, right? Yes, yes. You you <laughs> you sent me a mail just when I came out from the healing process, and in your mail, said it. You said just uh, it's you know, your website don't have to be perfect. <laughs> it was just so, it was like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, okay. So thank you. And thank You're you welcome. for doing this Rage Club space holder and Chloe. It was quite an edgy experience for me in the last five days. In the last two weeks. Thank you, Amber.
Joseph. Yeah, I'm in the, in the middle of a big drama with my girlfriend and it's like, I feel the sadness and the fear very strongly, heartbrokenness. And I watch myself with all these things coming up of rejection feelings from early times on. And sometimes I can look at it and sometimes I get totally washed away by that. And sometimes my body is shivering. Sometimes I feel like eaten, being eaten up by, by this feeling. So it's, um, yeah going heartbroken at the moment. Joseph, do you have some buddies? Do you have like some part of your team or something around? Well, I, I organized um, a healing session with Vera tomorrow. And uh, I will have also my possibility team tomorrow afternoon. So um, uh, I'm okay in a way, but I can't release it because I know there's so much sadness. <laughs> what would you say the sadness comes from? What's the source of the sadness? What are you sad about? <clears throat> I'm kind of lonesome. And nobody's here. I'm alone in the world, something like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for being visible. Mia, were you going to say something? Thank you, Joseph. Somehow that shifted me. Um, witnessing your sadness and how you were able to feel, feel your sadness so intensely and then it totally clear within three minutes is like, somehow made me feel more alive. So thank you. Thank you. Giselle, is that, I, is that, do I have your name right? Yes, that's right. It's you can Gisela. call me Gisela, it's okay. Gisela. <laughs> uh, you, you said something last week and I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but how's it going? Well, I feel like I'm transforming day by day. I'm feeling more in my power. I'm feeling joy and enjoying life and uh, getting like being so conscious and aware of my box and my gremlin all the time that I am I'm being responsible for everything that is happening even for my past or present or future victimhood or victim um, that wants to come back and also my rescuer Mm -hmm. So, and I'm, I'm also using my anger consciously to create. When it comes, I can identify it and create.
things, put them in action, put, put my feeling in action. So, yes, I could see how my fear was tapping my anger and not letting me do things and always staying in the back and uh, like, no, like in a lazy mode to say, no, this is like finding excuses for not taking action, but it was actually my fear interfered with my anger and I couldn't feel it fully. And I would also like to be part of the fear club. So mm -hmm. someone wrote like in the chat, when is the next one? I would also like to participate. Great. And I also want to share that uh, with Jeff and, and Amanda and Jennifer, and uh, also maybe Likumar, we are planning to, um, we are organizing ETVs and labs in Costa Rica um, for the month of March. So we are, we feel joy. We feel joy about, about that and, uh, and uh, being able to keep expanding this powerful message to the world where we, whenever we are, wherever we are, here in Tulum, we're doing the same with healing sessions and seeing people transform as we are transforming with them is, yeah. is priceless, is a gift. I feel glad too. You know, last week you told this story of jumping into a cenotes. And I, I don't know if people here know what cenotes is, but it's this, the place in Yucatan is a is a it's a limestone flat area and then under that were some rivers freshwater rivers and the river would eat away the limestone and sometimes the limestone would fall in and it forms a circle something like 20 meters across and then it drops down about 20 meters and down there is this beautiful crystal blue colored freshwater river underground river and she says she jumped in to the cenotes. I'd got to do that. And it, it means you, you, know, you're, you let go of solid ground. You may go of solid ground. And, and it's a, a responsible decision. You do it on purpose. And you are totally responsible the whole way falling down 10 meters. How far did you go? 15 meters? You can, you can it's huge. And you're dropping all the way down and you can do nothing. You can, well, you can protect your balls from getting smashed by the water or cuffing your nose so the water doesn't go shooting up in your nose. I mean, that's all, you, you know, you learn that lesson really fast. But, um, but there's, you are totally responsible and you have no leverage points. You know, there's nothing to grab onto. And I think that life happens like that. I mean, life is the we make those kind of commitments, like you're saying, like bringing Lee Kumar, you know, and, 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 and Patricio and Jennifer, whoever, into Costa Rica and, you know, creating expand the boxes and labs. This is completely, you know, leaping into the cenotes. So um, I think it's a great metaphor. And also it's not really a metaphor. It's the real thing. So thank you. Thank you. And, and I also cool. wanted to add that yesterday we went to Chichen Itza, where the pyramids are located here in, in, in Yucatan. And um, we went to another cenote, but we 
like uh, we didn't get in, but they, they were like, the guide was explaining to us that jumping in a cenote is jumping in the underworld. So this was so powerful, <laughs> yes. It's and a portal to the underworld. It's a portal to the underworld. And now that you are saying that, it resonates even more because yes, this is what I am doing all the time. Uh, working on my shadow and uh, this, this, it makes more sense that you are mentioning it now. Yeah, it's, it's part of yeah. the, the same work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. There was a question that shot by about where you're announcing the, the trainings in Costa Rica. Are you building a website platform? You have something like that? Yes, and, and Jeff can well, also jump in. Not, not, we don't have any info posted yet. It's still early planning. We don't want to uh, put the cart before yeah. our horse. So. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're defining the exact place, the time frame, who will join us. But Amanda in a call that we had this morning right before this study group call um, said that even uh, Lee Kumar would join us. So we met him at the last ETV in, in October in Miami. So we are, we feel so much joy for that as well. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank I'd like you. to add one thing. I'd like to add one thing about the cenotes. There's also rivers. So not only are you jumping into holes and stuff, but there's three mile long rivers that take you through rooms and galleries and it's just crazy. I highly recommend the journey down to Cenote River. <laughs> I did it for my 50th birthday. It's great. You're older than 50 years, Mia? Yeah, I'm 52. I was about to ask the same. <laughs> yeah. It's my dog's one year birthday today. She's one today. We just, we just don't celebrate dogs' birthdays in the study group, though. It's just sorry. It's just okay if you do it, but as a group, we're not going to do yeah. it. Okay, I'm just sharing my joy. It's a different study group, all right. Hey, Esna, what about you? I got to hear from you. Oh God. Uh... God calling. God is calling, Esna. Esna. <laughs> I have been. Um in a really, really intense liquid state. Uh, I had an emotional healing process on Friday that's was easily one of the most intense I've ever done. And I've never experienced a liquid state like the one that I'm in now. And um, yeah, I'm finding it hard to like be present in the call right now and like drop in. Uh, Cause I feel really like unmoored and lost in all this like fear and sadness that's been really up for me. Uh, yeah, saying that helps. I feel a little bit more present now. You know, I, I usually only feel that way before breakfast, but something that really helps me is that I put my fists together like this. You guys can all try this if you want. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. And it, you just start going, just <coughs> and uh, it shakes something up you know it's like um I don't know 
shaking an ant hive or something, like stirring things up. I don't know. It just moves things. You know, if I'm in a if I'm in a space that I don't want to be in, I just do that for a while and I'm in some other space. And it might be worse. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but at least something's different. So I I encourage you to try that. Uh, I do that even like uh, before, like at a when I'm doing public talks at a at a um, seminar or conference or something, I'll do it. I'll do it there also. So you can do it in public, and people. It's just a kind of legend making. You know, people have no idea what you're doing, but then if you can get them to do it with you, then they're all doing it. It's not just you, and then they'll all remember. Remember that guy who did this. You know. So then it, it's legend making. So Anthony, you can do that anytime. Like, cool, thank you. All right, I mean, it's not fair. I wanna hear from everybody, but you know, this is a study group. We're supposed to, we're supposed to read some stuff. So um, you guys can interrupt me if you wanna say something, but I'm gonna read a little bit more from the book right now. I'm on, we're on page, 112. I'm going to read the last paragraph or two from the section that we were reading right at the end last time, just because it was pretty thick. And I just want to read it again. So it's talking about establishing, establishing reciprocity with responsibility. So that means to make a relationship a working relationship between you and this stuff called responsibility. That's so that when responsibility moves, you move. And when you move, responsibility moves. It's this kind of, it's like a clutch thing. And the reciprocity is it's working together. So the process of establishing reciprocity with responsibility includes both internal and external changes new part of your box get born. So what that means is that as you step into adulthood and, and realize, and Chloe, you can still hear me? Okay, all right. As you're stepping into adulthood and you're getting it that the universe works through responsibility, you realize that responsibility is the game plan. Like it's the mechanics of things. We're on page 112 on the section just before ante up. We're still in this other section and it's, and it's saying, if, if you're going to do this, then parts, new parts of your box get born. So the box is your habit patterns. Your box is the way you understand things or the way the world looks to you. It's your models and maps and thought where it's like, it's built, it's a solid thing, and it will have to change because you're becoming an agent of responsibility. You're gaining agency in the domain of responsibility. This is adulthood. And so that will change your habit patterns. <clears throat> and I just want to say this right now. There comes a time, and I don't know if this already happened for you or will happen for you, but it, there comes a time when you're teetering <clears throat> back and forth between the old way and the new way. It's kind of the world will, 
will either work the old way where you can, where excuses are viable, where you, if you make really good reasons, then you, you're not, it's not your fault if you have really good reasons, or you can avoid responsibilities by feeling sad and victimy and little, and then, then it will go away after a while or things like that. This is the old way. If you just get angry enough, people will leave you alone, whatever, however the old way works. Or the new way. And the new way is what we're talking about here, this, this new relationship with responsibility. It's like every word, every action has consequences and it's either serving shadow principles or love. It's like, there's no, there's no middle way. It's either this way or that way. It's either the old way or the radical responsibility way. And um, I know some, some of the people in the trainer program are, are at this cusp, this tilt point. And it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time because everything that's familiar back the old way, it has starts looking fake, but at the same time, it's looking really comfortable. And it's this crazy making time of, of having the, the rug pulled out from underneath everything that you thought was fun or comfortable or familiar or uh, like supportive, everything that you thought of was supporting. And it's just, it's just gone and there's, and it's all fake. And, and then and then the new thing, the new thing has, uh, it, it looks um, too big or too much or impossible or something like that. It just is too, it looks like it's too much. But when, when, when you, if I wish, here's what I wish. I wish you could just go ka-chunk. You know, that's what I would wish. And I know it's possible. I know there's some point in your life where you just go, you know, I'm fucking, it's over. I'm not doing this old shit anymore. It's over. And it goes ka-chunk. And the new thing is not, is not all spelled out. It's not clear. You know, there's no handbook for radical responsibility. There's no method anymore. There's no rules to follow. There's no, you know, it's all on your shoulders in a way because you get to invent it. It's all improvisation. You know, when this thing flips over to the new way, everything is improvised. You don't, anything that you ever said some way before, you can't ever say it that way again, because it'll be dead. The way, and the way that you, the way that you say it is invented in the moment, because every situation is different. People are different. Circumstances are different. You're different. The possibilities are different. Everything's unique. And you invent it in that moment and it at the beginning it seems like overwhelm it's just this collapse of everything familiar and uh, and welcome into a world where you're responsible for every single thing and it isn't you you don't get there's no handbook and so did, was somebody saying something jeff did you have your hand up or were you just was it a butterfly thing did somebody, anybody want to say anything right now? Uh, so I want to say that, you know, 
in great part in my life that that sort of clunk happened but there are always like these these little shards left that that uh just kind of linger mm-hmm. and it's almost you know one thing that i've become very present to is that the physical world kind of lags behind the emotional so you make we make these huge emotional changes and then the physical world kind of lags behind so it, the, the simplest example is like the clothes that you wear you don't you don't automatically get new clothes this some people they can they can just go out and buy a whole new wardrobe but for most it's you know it's kind of a slow trickling process um but you know it's like you make this clunk and then you start slowly cutting the, those cords left like the last cords that are left hang you fall over the the edge and there's like these little couple cords you just got cutting them little by little and then finally cut the last one it's like disconnecting from the old world completely and going into a new space and i felt that really happening for me over the last few uh, weeks thank you i want to add to that go ahead thank you um you know when uh, i was i'm wiping that slate clean i mean i'm thinking back to when i was babysitting and there were certain kids that as mom was reaching for the door, there was, ah, 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 and, and that's where I am right now. There's this part of me that is this infant, like clinging, no, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go. And, and with, with just like such intensity, with such intensity. And, and as you were talking about the improvisation, I was thinking about my mom and when she had dementia, it was the training ground for that because every single moment, I didn't know what she was gonna do. I didn't know every single day was different. Every single day was a whole new game, a whole new game. That thing that worked yesterday didn't work today. And it is, it's in that, it's in that moment. And I wanted to share something, and, and, and one of the reasons that the, the, the 333 and the altar are so important to me is because, and I shared this with Amanda, and I shared it this, this with Pontus in my group, but this week, this week I was, I had a task, and, and I just started doing the dishes, and there was resistance, there was the resistance, and then all of a sudden, this current came in. And it was this current that was even and steady and powerful. And it just, it just came into my body. It came into my hands and it served me to complete the task. There was no resistance. And I went, this is my anger. Hello, anger. But it was, it it was my anger in this, this beautiful constant that I'd never experienced that I'd never allowed myself to witness. And, I, and, and then I was with Joseph, who's my, my decontamination partner. And he said, Shannon, he said, now that you felt it in your body, now, now you'll be able to, to get back to it. And um, I, I just, it, I, I wanna celebrate that because that moment for me this past week was doing the dishes, but like that energy that came in was just, and it's, and that's it. It's that it's moment 
to moment, it's, oh, here you, this, and then this. Thank you. Yeah. Here's the thing that I wanted to go to about this. It's like Jeff was talking about, it feel, you know, this flow's happening, like the anger's there, like stuff is working, like you're, you're, you're going in the improvisation. It's like you're, you're generating possibility. You're this space. And then there's a shard that shows up. One of these leftover emotional, contracted, hard little shards just left over. And the thing is, if you, if you put your attention on it, you, it has to decide, is this a gateway to a healing process that's valuable and that I need? Or is this a little scrap of crap I can sweep down a black hole and I, you know, it just is leftover crap, just garbage. And it, there's, this, there's this decision point, you know, because it, you know, to, to treat it with brute force, doesn't, it doesn't work. You can't just say any piece of crap, I sweep it down the hole. This is the positive thinking paradox. You know, this is the, I'm gonna think positively and cover up all my negativity and all that comes out is negativity. You know, all this, this rigid, you know, fanatical positivity is, is negativity really. So the thing is, okay, you have to decide, you know, is this, and sometimes what I do is I will, I will, try, I will capture those shards and I'll, I'll, I'll put them in my list in the back of my beat book. You know, I just write it down and, and I go, okay, this one. And I, I write it as clearly as I can so that I can really tap back into it. And then I, I keep looking at it. I keep working with it. And after a few days, I go, I need to work with this. You know, I need a process about it. I need a group about it. I need to, I need to make a new, I need to do something. I need to clean out or it will just, I'll just forget about it. And it will, it will just fade off all by itself, but I've captured it. So it isn't like I wasted an opportunity that was being given to me, you know, as a, as a, as a piece of a leftover thing that will contaminate the whole, the whole game, you know? So, so I didn't just sweep it away, but I captured it in my book. And some of those, yeah, I just wanted to mention that as this box reconstruction process is happening in the shift in this tilting, it's, there are these pieces that hang around. And the, the point is, if I put my attention on the shard and I go, what is that? Oh my God, oh no, oh no. It's so familiar that it can call back this whole, uh, suck me right down into this, this old pattern and the whole pattern comes right up because my whole nervous system is so familiar with the pattern. The way it goes, look, nothing has changed. You know, I'm still, they're still the same old. I'm still the same old. It's still the same old, you know, and I'm sucked back into this behavior pattern. But that's, that happens if I put my attention on the little thing and get, let it suck me into it. And so there's a way of keeping yourself separate from the thing. And that's where my book helps. Because when I write it down into the book, I've captured it. And I don't have to remember it. I don't have to put all of my attention on it. I have it anytime I want because it's in my book. And then, uh, so that's one of the ways to work with it, just to watch out for that. And Chloe and then Doris. Yeah, I remember this 
this shift. And I, I remember it was in a lab. I mean, one. I just want to explain to Joseph, a shard is just a, when you take a pot, like a broken pot and break it, the little triangular pieces are called shards. It's just a broken piece of something, a chip off a stone. Sorry, Aunt Claire, I just, mm -hmm. you had a question. And, and what came up with this part of my gremlin that was, uh, that had been killed during when I was a good girl for 18 years of my life or 20 plus years of my life, which was this two-year-old tantrum, uh, fuck you, everybody. And I came to this point and, I, and I've heard of experience and being in, in, rela in relationship with people who come to this point in possibility management where they face this question of, am I doing this because I want to, or am I doing this because it's part of the program of possible, like it's part of the next experiment or it's part of the next practice. And I think this is such one of those, those points of their choice of, am I still being adaptive to another context? Uh, and that's why I'm doing the next process or the next practice. So am I doing this because it comes from me? And, and, and so many people have asked me, well, how do you figure that out? And, and really, it's, it can only be a decision, and it, but a, not a mental decision, and an experience that there's a complete choice of, I'm, now I'm in charge of my life, and I cannot blame anybody for my next process or my next choice. And it also doesn't mean to say fuck you to everybody. Being in charge of my life doesn't mean to say just fuck you, because that's just a two-year-old reaction tantrum and and that for me it was such a, a a breaking like a cracking and a breaking point and i have it, it comes along it feels the this path of initiation and i've noticed it in possibility management thank you thank you <clears throat> how, how many people have felt the thing that Anne chloe is talking about this Am I doing this because it's the program, or am I doing this because it's really my choice? Anybody, anybody can remember that. Yeah, thank you, Doris. You're going to say something. Yes, because I was long time struggling, uh, for example, with orderly and managing my time. Uh, it was like all messed, and when I was with Marina and Ralph. The place was so clean and so, and they they taught me like examples. And I was cleaning up my space every day and I was learning with joy because I wanted it. I, I get rid of that resistance, which I had into that, which explained uh, Shannon also. I had that so long into it and it was, it's, it's such a joy now coming back in the old space where I've been and see, I was able to check out in one day and check in to another place in such an order. And I have such a joy about it. What, what is different now? And this joy is like, yeah, it's creating something new. And yeah, that's, I'm, I'm so glad about that. It's like, <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Devin, I wanted to check in with you. It looked like you were hitting something or discovered something. I was, uh, I was just, I was writing something down. Number the, four. Number four. 
Yeah. This is the process I'm in right now. This is the and I could I could say so many different things about about it, but this process of so much of my my nice guy and my and that whole thing, that whole box thing. I mean, it's such a such a complex and deeply ingrained thing. And there are places where it shows up really clearly and I can see them. So my smile is a really great example of, I, I do have a genuine smile and when it comes out, it hurts. And I know that that's my real smile. And then there's the, the one that just popped up on the screen, just like that. And the, I guess what I want to say that I'm noticing in my process is that there's so much, I mean, this, this prison of approval is, is at every freaking turn. And, and people in my life who love me or whatever, as, as I come out of this sort of bottom I was in with really in a, in a very awful, painful way, seeing how, how much this thing controls my life coming out of it, some of these nice guy things have started to pop back in and people are saying these really wonderful things like it's so good to have you back. And on the surface, I'm touched. And the other day someone said that to me and instead of being touched, I got afraid because I realized what they're saying is like, your box is back, welcome back. And it's just like one, one form of approval um, that I mean, I, I don't think I realize, and I don't think we talk enough about how, what, what, a, what an insane trap, what, a, what an insane prison, approval, uh, positive attention, acknowledgement, like all, all these things are and the way they contort. I, I, and I see it all around me right now and see it in myself. Um, so I'm in, I'm in process and, and the crazy thing is the choice feels right now like either I smile and do this easy thing which is so easy it's so easy for me to be a smiley nice guy and to like get the be friendly and be easy and affable or I do this thing and I look at people as they interact with me and they start to freak out uh, which is like this 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 standing there with in in my own immobility and saying inside myself, I'm not going to laugh at the joke. I'm not going to smile because you're smiling. I'm not going to fucking move my face, and and it's and it's insane. It feels it feels like an insanity practice. Sometimes sometimes I stay in it, and sometimes I don't. Right now. Yeah. I was thinking of somehow writing a little book called The Joys of Responsibility. You know, and how do you, how does one describe what you just described as joyful? And it, you know, as it is. It, yeah, how can, can you, <laughs> I know that didn't sound very joyful, but, but it, but it is, right? Like there's. Can you talk about it? Talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Can you give me a, uh, I think Jeff has, well, okay, let me just try. Um, you stop smiling, all right? Just do, do joyful without smiling, all right? 
the, the joy is that through this process over and over again, I am experiencing types of intimacy that, that a part of me that I have denied so long that sometimes I can't feel it is, is coming out and just being like, what? How was this available? How was, how was this available all along? I wanted it so badly. And, and so like that, that, um, that is another, I mean, along with all the like scary, weird insanity stuff, that is another piece. This thing in me that I think has wanted to be fed since maybe forever is finally getting, getting this food. And, and I'm, and it's not just accidentally happening. I am getting to watch that the way that I am interacting with the world is creating it, is, is, is tapping into it or sourcing it. Um, and the other is getting to watch the, the, the pleasure of my inner resources come up. So like there's this, uh, so the other day Kay texted me and said, oh, Devin and Chloe just read this thing on this talk that you wrote. She read your thing on this talk that you wrote. And there were two things that happened. And I, I told Kay, one was this kind of like neutral great. And the other thing was like off in the distance, I saw the like approval monsters coming my way and being like, oh, and Chloe likes you. Um, and I, and the inner resource was fucking rage. Just, you don't get to come back in here. You don't get to be a part of my life anymore. And I, yeah, I don't know if that sounded like joy, but to me, there's, there's a great deal of pleasure uh, that I'm experiencing in, in the, in this freedom process. Yeah. So that's what I have. Yeah, I, this team of researchers, you know, that we have here, the jewels that, that we get to share with each other are so rare and precious. I just am so glad that we have this space where we can do this and that we can record this stuff and other people can have a chance at some of these. Because thinking of, of not smiling and and refusing to be adaptive to approval pressure from the environment and that that's joyful, that there's joy in that. It's such a seemingly contradiction, but it's so, it's so direct. It's so, it's like, to, like you said, the pleasure of unleashing your inner resources for, for, real, for real use is such a pleasure, it cannot hardly be described and especially in the marketing media of America, whatever that, you know, that, that it's, you can't consume it because it, it wasn't outside of you in the first place. It's inside of you. And like I said, this kind of completely redefines what, what joy or pleasure is about. And so that whole thing, God, we need, we need so much invitations into that. Like how many, where else can you make invitations for that or bring people into spaces where that's experienced in an irrefutable way that, that they can walk out onto it and stay there when you, when you go away and stop talking? Like how, how far can people walk out on that, on that plank or that bridge and stay there after you stop talking? That, this is the, the magical part, you know, and I, I'm hoping you know, I'm hoping for us that we get that with each other from here, 
because there's so many these invitations for transformational magic or for healing or rejoicing, like rejoicing about what, what it is to be uh, an activated or present human being. And um, that uh, is, is, can only come from making the journey yourself. It doesn't come from, but you can't buy it. You know, you can't like that. You have to, dis, you have to actually discover it through sacrificing the known. You have to, you have to sacrifice the, the, the life vest or sacrifice the, whatever, the nest. You have to leave the nest to find this stuff. So thank you. God, we, we've, we've read basically one sentence so far today. And we're only in whatever, page 112. God, there's 500 pages to go. Oh, man. It's going to take a while. I don't mind, though. <laughs> uh, did somebody, I don't know, Pontus, what's the golden hat saying? Jeff, we'll get to you in a second. Pontus, what, what does the golden hat say? The golden hat says that over the last six months, uh, I've learned, like, I've decoupled my torture from, my, from the intensity of the feelings. Six months ago, when I would feel 50% angry or sad, it would come with a lot of torture. It would come with a lot of pain. But I've learned to not, like, not resist the feelings. And since, I, since I'm not resisting the feeling, it's not painful anymore. I can go up to high intensity sadness and high intensity anger and not being pained or, and, and tortured by it. So um, it just frees up a lot of energy and, and it frees up also energy for joy or just like doing other stuff than being than, than focusing on putting the lid on everything. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. <clears throat> I just want to share with Devin that I felt a deep sense of discomfort while you were sharing the, the first time. And it came from a place of confusion around the distinction between seeking approval and allowing approval and being open to receiving approval. And it's, this has come up for me quite a bit in my reality. And it's, it's interesting because it's been seeing, observing people and sitting in conversations about allowing, uh, being open to receiving um, and I'm wondering why, how that's a reflection, how that reflects in me something. Um, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm coming to realize that we've also had a lot of conversations around uh, not uh, or using the fear to tell people, to tell people what you're seeing about them without any worry of what they might how, what they might think of you as a, as a, as a result and being able to sit with the pain of 
telling someone that, you know, <laughs> the truth. Uh, and um, yeah, it's it's been so beautiful for me to 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 realize that one that my conviction since I can remember was to tell people the truth about what I see without caring whether they're going to be my friend anymore or not and to have the distinctions now to realize that I was being of service to them the whole time um it was it's it, it's a really amazing thing and so I just want to call attention to this concept of you know seeking approval versus allowing approval to happen on the back end I don't know Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I don't know if you wanted to say anything, Devin. Were you going to say something? I, I do have something. Okay, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. Uh, this is sort of in response. But I, I would, when I hear that, what I have to say for myself and to anyone else who wants to enter this process is to be very wary of, of trying to make that distinction and, and to err on the side of everything I do is because I am seeking approval. Otherwise you might miss the real gold. That's, what, that's where I'm with it right now. It's not worth it. The, the price I pay, the price I pay to, to blur that distinction right now is not worth blurring it or trying to create it. Thank you. Yeah, for me, there's this uh, an energetic dynamic tied into what approval is. Um, it's, in, it's in a similar way to the dynamic that's in the word leadership, because you can't actually have leadership without creating followership. It, it creates this major imbalance in authority in a way. And so but, but we're so brought up in this context of, oh yeah, you need to be a good leader, a strong leader, you need to be, you know, this whole thing. But it sets up that the whole thing's a fallacy in actuality. It sets up this, this uh, hierarchical structure. And it feels to me like any form of the, the form of approval is the same thing. It's somebody with more authority is gonna make a, a gesture of acceptance towards somebody with less authority and then you have the stamp of approval and any form of that is lethal in terms of dignity or relationship or um, presence or um, uh, like exchange or negotiating, any kind of negotiation from somebody who can approve. And the, the other part of that for me is that we are edge workers. And so what an edge worker is, is, is a person who, who goes to the edge of a distinction and because that's the only place where you'll find another distinction. So you have to stand at this place on the edge where it's dangerous or where it's un, unpredictable. It's, a, it's an uncertain point. It's an unstable point because you're at the edge. But that's where, that's where edge work is done. That's where evolution is done. That's where new awareness happens is at this edge and so because we're researching at an edge of a culture that's essentially dead, 
you know, the culture that we were born and raised in has, has, has exceeded its best if used by date. And we're, we're the edge workers. And you have to admit that you're an edge worker and to have, and to, for an edge worker to in any way seek any, really any kind of approval is the game's over. The research game is over. And the way that, the way that we get a thing, like how can you tell if something works or not? It is not from approval. It's from self-observation or from our own uh, looking at the evidence. So it isn't even that we approve of ourselves. Even that is, this, is the same kind of insanity. Like you're giving your center way to the thoughts in your mind that are going to send out a, a message to yourself of approval, and that, and this is this is a kind of crazy making kind of thing. So I mean, I mean, what I would this is just Clinton talking, but it's what my encouragement. I would encourage you to do this, like to abandon approval entirely as a as any as any kind of a. Um, a worthwhile measure of anything. And any it's almost like somebody trying to give me approval is like some a bigot trying to get me to believe their bigotry, whatever their bigotry is. It's it's like you have you have some um self-granted authority about your distorted opinion about the world and you want me to agree, forget it. I'm I'm not in, you know, and it's like I'm sorry that you have that illness. <laughs> I reclaim my authority to not need approval. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> um, so, you know, we've had, we've had like one sentence so far today about this, this shift towards a different uh, relationship or reciprocity with responsibility. And all this stuff comes up and this is just the tip of the iceberg. And so this is fantastic. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm in ecstasy with the level of, of confrontation, the level of confrontation that we're calling ourselves to with regards to these kind of changes. And without that, this would be fake. Without this, it'd be empty. And so I just am really, I, I want to thank you all for throwing open the, throwing down the walls, throwing open the illusion, the delusion. Ingrid. I just want to, 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 to say uh, a quotation of Byron Katie, which I love so much. She says, if I would have a prayer, it would be this. God, spare me from the desire of love, approval, or appre uh, appreciation. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but why is she talking to God? No. Her reality, she says, for uh, if uh, reality is the same thing like God, for for her reality is God. Uh, I, I mean, uh, when you use the word God, it means reality. Shannon, did you want to say something? 
I just wanted Ingrid to move her microphone slightly because it was coming through distorted. Oh. And there's another thing that Ingrid said recently. Ingrid, what's the one about, about illusions that you shared with me last week? What is it? The point of her forgetting that would be that it would take us to the past and into a different space. Yes. So uh, yes. Stay here and not go in the past or in a different space. Thank you, Clinton. <clears throat> it's so that nothing can be destroyed but illusions. And, and it felt relevant to the space. Thank you. I'd like to, I'd like to uh, offer a distinction about the approval. And the distinction is there is something about being seen, which in a way could be a kind of an approval. And it's, it's making things real. So for me, this is when I share here what I shared and I, I feel you are, you understand me, it's settling down something here, which is, which is provided by you seeing me. So this is a kind of approval and it's not an approval, but it's, I don't know how to call that. It's like kind of a resonance, a kind of a feedback, a reality generating process. I'd like to let's, offer. Let's, let's call it that. Let's call it that instead of approval. Let's call it a reality generating process, something like that. Lisa? I would like to offer that it is an acknowledgement of a person's right to be. So it's more in this, it's a little bit of a shift away from the concept of approval, but respect for right to be. But who would question that? Sorry? Who would question that? You know, how could it possibly be questioned that you have a right to be? And it can't. I think in this moment of acknowledgement and presencing, it is, that is the foundation of the reality. It's, it's not in a questioning space. Janet, how's it going in your department over there? Uh, I am not seeking your approval by paying attention. I, I got some money that I need to transfer, so I'm working with the bank. <laughs> Sounds like it's going good then. I, yeah, I wanted to, I had some things to share, but I, I um, but it's not with this topic. So I'm okay. saying it fits. Thank you. So I, I feel angry about the way, the direction that this conversation went, given that this thing about approval. And, and what I think is that Often we, uh, we destroy spaces by not allowing um, compliments or 
you know, anything to come in. And when you said that leadership requires followership, I want to call bullshit on that because you can blaze a trail without expecting anybody to follow it or, or any expectation of who will follow it, any specific followership, but still knowing that you've done something really special that probably someone will come after you and follow you through that portal. And I think that in a great way, that's what you've done um, with your work. I don't think you did this for any specific person. Yeah. Yeah. So the effect, the, 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 effect, the effect that you did not say my name is a way of putting me in a, a special position that really undermines the respectfulness of the space. Excuse yeah. me for that. You, but you get, I'm not, I'm just trying yeah. to bring it into the space that that's really a common uh, function of this concept of, of leadership. Is like you know, there's the space holder, there's the leader. If you're, you know, you don't even have to say his name because everybody knows who you're talking to, and that assumption is 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 lethal for an ex culture space in terms of. So okay, I just wanted to have the meta conversation about that. Thank you. Thank you. So, Clinton, to you. You know, you, and I, I, it, it was directed and I think you can specifically um, easily uh, deduce that because you were the one who said that leadership requires followership. So you said that leadership requires followership. And I said, and I'm, I, I don't believe that because I think that um, there are two types of, of it. One is that, you know, you're, you're expecting a certain group of people to follow or you do something without any care about who's the one who's following, but knowing that by taking these really important steps that something will, will come of it. You'll build a bridge not knowing who is going to cross it, but a, a bridge that is an important bridge to a new place. And so, you know, I, this is, you know, I don't think, it, there's a difference between seeking approval and allowing it to just be, because if you don't, when someone offers it, you can also easily destroy a space, an opportunity. To, to connect more deeply and to create. Are you willing to say that with I instead of you? I, yeah, absolutely. Could you just repeat it saying the I? Yeah, I, when I, when I create things, I have no expectation of who's going to, to do it. I build the bridge because I know it's what I need to do. I know it's what I want to do. And I know that it's important. And whoever comes through it, so be it. And... I am, I've, I've been noticing how um, not being able to receive praise or receive compliments is a way that of destroying spaces and, and destroying opportunities to create deeper connection with people. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to see if I can do this next thing. Um, elegantly enough that it's has value, which is I could I could sense a, a kind of tension in the conversation in the last few minutes that is I would say is indicative of a certain kind of wound in the men's culture. And I 
I don't know if anybody else picked that up and I don't actually know how to talk about it, but there's a, I think the women, I think, I think a feminine, you know, the women, women's culture is different from that, has its own kinds of tensions, but this kind of tension that was just happening was a, a, a men's culture tension. And I would love to be able to not have it. I would love to be able to, ooh, heal that somehow or, and I don't know if, if, uh, there are comments from the women, or I don't know what to do about that. I just wanted to put that on the table. The thing that is coming for me is the distinction between praise and appreciation, where appreciation is not, you. It's not about something that a person does or has, but is, a, is about their being and how I would experience your being, Jeff, or someone else's being. And, and maybe that, maybe the men's culture in modern culture is very focused on the doing and the having and not so much on really loving the being and, and, and appreciating, like men appreciating the being of another man. So that's what's coming up for me. Would you, would you say that is accurate? Jeff. Thank you, Vera. Uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks and spe specifically on Saturday, I, I was having a conversation with one, a man, a man that I am coaching, that I'm working with, that I'm experimenting with. And he shared the most beautiful message to me about how the work that we've been doing has transformed his thing and, and, and giving such amazing thank yous. And I literally just broke down crying. And I was, I, I it's, this, this men's work is so moving to me. And I'm so happy that Clinton, you brought this up right now also, because for, since I woke up this morning, I was thinking about how possibility management has no men's group and how, angry I am that there is no men's connection and that I'm that I that I want to create it and so I have been masterminding within my brain how to create that and I was going to actually Devin I was going to reach out to you um, because I have this story that you don't like me for whatever reason I have no clue and I just you know we've never connected before and I, I want to I'm going to reach out to you after this to, to talk about it and, and see if we can get that going. Thank you. Just to, yeah, Patrizio, Tristan, Yorgos. Oh, there we uh, go. And uh, Scott East. These are all men doing men's groups. Also, there's a men's group over here in Germany somewhere. I think uh, Gabriel was talking about it. Yeah. So there's eight people, uh, eight men doing men's group stuff. And there's a great website called Men's Circle uh, in the striking in the, in the uh, start over game world called Men's Circle. Has a lot of support for that. So cool. Thank you, Jeff. 
I'm glad Clinton, you have that impulse. Clinton, for me and everybody, I'm talking to everybody. For me, I just want to put on the table that I felt the same tension that you mentioned here between the men. And it's very familiar to me, this tension. And it's, it's like it's synchronized because the tension for me comes when I'm getting these appreciations and approval from other men. And it feels like they're starting to put me on this pedestal and then I do something that doesn't fit their box. And then like what's going on there and then all this tension is created. So I think those two things come together, this tension between men and the, the uh, approval or, or yeah, whatever that is we're talking about. Ingrid? I want to bring up, I have the feeling that the space shifted at the moment when I brought up the quotation of Byron Katie and the moment later. And um, I don't know. I want to bring, I, I, I said that because I wanted to say that's the same day, thing with other words. And when you said, Clinton, that uh, maybe it's a, it's a male sort of thing, what happened, what comes into my mind, I have no idea if it's right, but what comes into my mind is, could it be, I do a little, a little do over, okay. You, you, Clinton, you developed a very specific language to describe how you see the world and to offer new thought way, where. And this, I love this, I love this, these words. And at the same time, every word is for me like a container. It's, you, you fill it with, with content, and the, content, and the same word, word can be used by another, pe another person uh, and it means other stuff. It's filled with other content. And could it be that, it's, it, it, that it is something female and not so, so easy for men, in my experience, just to, to, to hear the word, which is used, approval. I take this word because the approval word was the, the, the example for today. And to, to keep, to, 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 to get the content of it. And sometimes it's difficult when you, when, 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 I, uh, when I use it in myself to feel the different content when it's used by another person. I don't know if I make myself clear what I want to say. 
I had the feeling that the quotation I brought in shifted the room because it was not understood that it uh, that it, it meant the same. I do, do, you, do you get what I, I'm telling about? Yeah, I have something to add to that. Yes, please. Where, where we're going in the, our study group is in the direction of developing sensitivities to call in or, or navigate to not only extraordinary spaces, but also archetypal spaces. And part of learning to be able to do that is to study invocation. What, is, what does it mean to invoke, mm -hmm. to call in, to invoke? And so the, uh, the, uh, the example that I'll use is the words Byron Katie are very powerful invocational words because it's a name of a woman who has created a game world with thoughtware that many people in the world are, are familiar with. So, and she has a, an entire context of, of her game world that, that, that has been really useful for many people for many years. And so in a, in a delicate space where we've been navigating in today in our study group, to, to use the name Byron Katie calls her context into this space and her space can't go where we can go. It cannot. Yes. And, yeah. And so it was an invocation of the Byron Katie context into the study group space. And then it was being followed up by another quote from somebody else and in a way, it was our boxes defending uh, ourselves from, from this journey that we were on that is, was people haven't normally taken this journey. The, the thing that we're on, I've never been on this journey before. And that's what I love about being with you guys is we're so, we're getting better and better at this journeying together into these precious treasure spaces and getting the treasures out for ourselves and other people. And it won't, we won't do it by following Byron Katie's tracks. We will not. Thank and, you, Clinton. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And so, but but what is this? What is this ability to invoke? Like what does that what does that mean? Because it's so easy and so familiar. We're doing invoking unconsciously in a masterful and powerful way each time we react to someone else's, uh, what we think of as an insult to us or somebody trying to hurt us or anybody trying to be superior to us or anybody trying to be better than us or in, any, any kind of competition with us or some kind of like, like every time we get triggered like that, we will invoke uh, an, 
an, in an entire space, this kind of tension, this, this reactive tension that, that puts us into a pattern. You know, we've in possibility management tried to develop distinctions and maps for all this kind of interaction that we have called low drama or called gremlin and or called reactivity or called uh, emotional emotions different from feelings like all these distinctions we've been trying to bring into the space so we can navigate the make it conscious what we are invoking but the creating a low drama is invocation it's just unconscious invocation or it serves unconscious purposes or shadow principles. It feeds our gremlin to invoke this, um, the, the low drama spaces. The technology is the same to invoke extraordinary and archetypal spaces, but the difference is to become aware of how we're doing it. How are we doing it? And so that's where the understanding of what it means to, what kind of space are you invoking now? What is the quality, the qualities of the space that you're invoking now and why? Like what, what is the purpose behind it? And so, <clears throat> I mean, Vera and Sophia Magdalena, are you willing for me to tell a story May about you guys? May, may I just answer one thing, Clinton? Sure. I fully get it. And I'm so glad that you say it like that to me. I'm uh, yeah, that you that I that I brought it up to hear this and that you say it. And it, it's really it's really. I'm simply grateful and in awe. I'm, thank you. Just thank you. You're welcome. <clears throat> in light of our previous conversation, I energetically put a parenthesis around what you just said. Like a parenthetic, I was holding a double, a triple space within this space. I was holding a, another space to allow you to deliver your gratitude. And so I could receive your gratitude and have it be complete. So that whatever was going on for you that needed to complete the gratitude or um, appreciation communication could be completed. And then that I'm letting this parenthetical space drift into the past. And I'm going over here to talk to Vera and Sophia Magdalena bringing the space that was there before back together again. So that the, the thing that you wanted to communicate was complete, but then we don't lose the space that was there before. This is, this is what's involved in navigating space, holding and navigating space. So to make a parentheses around a space, let it drift into the past is one of the tools you can learn for invocation, to invoke extraordinary and archetypal spaces. And what I wanted to ask Vera and Sophia Magdalena is if it would be okay with you guys if I if I used you as an example. Is that is that okay? Yes. yes. <laughs>
that's half of the answer. What's the other half from Sophia Magdalena? It was a yes on the very same moment. So I oh, said okay. yes too. Was it <clears throat> yes? Okay. So my story may be no longer relevant. I just want to say that. <clears throat> but these two women are powerful witches. And they are cohabiting a little apartment in Portugal for some time, for some weeks already. <clears throat> and both of them are constructed like every human being with a box and a gremlin and uh, emotions and triggers and buttons and all those kinds of things, hooks and all those things. So they're, they're also in a transformational path called the trainer path. And the, they're both of them, I think, I'm estimating they're both approximately at this tip over point in, in, their, in their work. And it's like their past is trying to hold on to itself, to not deconstruct, to not be abandoned, to not crumble, to not just dissolve into the artificial bits that it's actually made out of. You know, it's like the molecules would disassociate from each other and it becomes a mist and blows away. And that was their reality up until now. And um, the, the desperate maneuvers of the box to protect itself originally comes from a very valid reason, which is the box thinks if I can survive, then she can survive or I can survive. You know, if the box can survive, then, then I can survive. Like the person can survive. So the box is gonna defend itself at all costs because that's its job is to maintain survival for the person. However, to leave the ordinary domains means to leave the domain of survival and enter the domain of living. It's, it, Devin was giving us glimpses of that before when he was talking about this kind of joy that he was having at refusing to be adaptive and to, to give his smiley face and good boy power. To refuse that creates this kind of passionate joy and that, but to, to enter that field requires leaving behind the box's domain and the gremlin's domain. And so um, I've, I've been in the shrapnel zone, you know, shrapnel is when these explosives explode and these pieces of sharp metal go flying out in different directions intentionally to do damage. But by accident, I've been in the shrapnel zone of Vera and Sophia Magdalena's box war. And it has, it has been really painful for me because I know the quality of the beings of these two women at, 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 a, at a level that's hard to describe because they're in the trainer path. I've been with them in spaces. I know what they, what they can cause as, as the, the, the abundantly healing nature of their beings. I know this. And so here they have this chance, these two 
queens of healing and transformation to live together in a space of such utter ecstatic joyousness together. Like every move they make with each other could be heaven on earth. It could be. And that that any and that either of them interpreting something or projecting something or reflecting something or assuming that this was meant in a negative way or this is you're doing this to me or or I'm I got to kill you or else you're going to be better than me or first or more power or whatever the reasons are to not notice that stuff allows the box to defend itself the gremlin to kill the other piece the two gremlins to kill each other and to, for that to create an underworld shadow world space where instead this this radiance you know they could be a shining radiant star in in portugal i mean they are but there but the there have been these patterns that they've been using on each other and um i don't have the key for that that's what i was trying to say before each person comes to this tipping point and there's nobody who can decide to slam this thing home and keep it on, on the adult side, on the extraordinary side. There's nobody who can do that for an, another person. So each of us gets this point where we have enough maturity and enough mass and enough clarity and enough skills and enough matrix to hold tipped over into this adult extraordinary archetypal space and if we don't slam it home and lock it there, there's going to be these shards floating around and little traps and little triggers that can that are that'll be so familiar that will hook us back into the the childish space or the scarcity space or the needy space or or like that. And so, that, but that point this this point between these two modes is we have to go through that, and it's a it's a corridor of madness. It's been called the corridor of madness. And it's like, if you, if you don't at some point just take a stand for the relevancy and importance and utter uh, insanity of doing anything other than staying slammed home in, in the Dalton archetypal spaces, if you don't do that, it's not gonna happen. It won't happen. And there are people who drag that out for years. They drag it out, and it may be some of you. It may be some of you who have been, you know, expecting people to recognize and see that you're you're what you are, and nobody can see you because you're the witch or the wizard. Nobody can see you, and so you don't get enough recognition. So then, okay, then it's lonely out here being an adult, you know, where you're actually designed to be. So you go back and play small and get triggered and hookable, and then everybody can relate to you again. That's that thing Devin was talking about. You put the mask back on and people go, ah, you're back, yay. You know, and so this this thing is like to slam this thing home and keep it there, it's a new world. It is a new world. It's the extraordinary and archetypal spaces where we're going to in this journey. That's where this book is about. That's where we're going. I mean, God, the next section, I just have to read the first sentence right here. It's called anti-up. It says, 
I, I skipped over something. I don't want to skip over it. We'll get, we'll go back. Oh, we, we worked with that before, but okay. This is anti up the most important ingredient in creating extraordinary human relationship is practice. You do not get practice by reading a book. Practice you get only when you practice. You can practice alone. You can practice in the company of others. You can practice in trainings, in workshops, in weekly meetings, in men's or women's groups, and in many other different circumstances. Intellectual understanding is valuable and interesting, of course, but regardless of what you understand, long-term changes occur only through consistent practice. And, I, and this is what I'm talking about. It's like, this is the shift, okay? You know, my life, my life, I don't have a life. I don't have a life anymore. What I have is practice. That's what I have. I have practice. Okay, that's the rest, that's it for the rest of my, of my life. And you know, there's so much joy. There's so much incredible, you know, yes, sometimes it feels lonely because you might be the only person practicing in a space. You might be the only person practicing in a space. I, I remember one time many years ago in Arizona, I gave a talk in which I introduced the, it was at a, was at a spiritual community and I introduced the, the concept of being orthogonal. It's, it means going nonlinear. Being orthogonal means to go at right angles to everything else that's happening in a space. So here's everything that's happening in the space. Going orthogonal means going at right angles to everything else, out of into a completely different domain. Practice. So after after the talk, this Lee Loswick came up to me and he looks at me and goes, I never heard the word orthogonal before, but now I know what orthogonal means. He said, practice is orthogonal to the space. Practicing is orthogonal to sleep. You know, practice is orthogonal to zombieism. Practice is orthogonal to the ordinary spaces of gremlin and survival and scarcity and, you know, like that. And so, and so, I have spoken. <laughs> it's a movie quote. <clears throat> we have about five minutes. Does anybody like to share anything? I feel afraid to share this, but um, back a few paragraphs ago about um, the invocation and the space we're invoking and um, and the the whole Devin Jeff interaction. I feel like the space that Devin was invoking was just very vulnerable. Um, 
sharing raw edge of discovery that was still very much in process. And Jeff, when you started almost like teaching, like, okay, there's that, but here's, here's an even better thing. Like, here's a thing beyond that. Um, I just felt like it was invoking a different flavor that while it might be valuable at this particular time, it, it felt like a teaching, like I was being, like he was being schooled or we were being schooled. And um, my heart's pounding. Uh, I guess that's all I have. I, I don't, that's, that was my um, reaction to it or my take on it. Thank you for your courage and clarity. Thank you. Amanda, will you will you say something? I didn't get to hear your voice today yet. Yeah. Um, thank you, Kate. Without, without, without the American mantra. Yeah, I realized it right after I said it. Thank you, Kay, for what you said. I wanted to say something similar, but I didn't um, generate the courage. So thank you for saying that. And I also wanna say, I just, I appreciate this space so much. And I haven't been here in a while because I've been prioritizing earning money and I am so glad to be back. I missed all of you and I, I plan to be back in the future too for future meetings. Thank you. Thank you so much. It, yeah, I feel so glad to see you all, be here with you all. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Leslie, can you wrap this up for us? Oh, <clears throat> that was not, um, this has been a very emotional call for me. And I don't know if I can sum it up, except to say that. You said wrap it up, not sum it up. You can. Oh, good. <laughs> I would, what I would wrap up is how moved I feel by the message I heard you giving Vera and Sophia Magdalena. You. you, Clinton. Uh, which I basically interpret as this is 
this is the reality. This is like all the things that happen that that my box and my gremlin and the war and the horror that I I recognize through these opportunities, through these times together, this shit's real. And it's it's providing this liquid state from which I can, my being can emerge. And I'm seeing that in everybody on the call and it's awesome. <sighs> thank you. Wow, thank you. Thank you all for today. I hope I hope you guys in between times, I hope you guys are I, I see it in the group, but I, I, I appreciate it when you guys are helping each other through emotional healing processes and hard conversations and joyous conversations and stuff like that. I just really, I, I get high on, on that happening between, between times. So thank you. And Chloe? Yes. That's a good word to end on for tonight. Yes. Okay. See you hopefully next week. Have a great time in between. Happy experimenting. Bye, you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>